Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. A recent study showed that children with autism spectrum disorders can have trouble integrating simultaneous information from their eyes and their ears. My guest is Dr. Mark Wallace. He was named the director of the Vanderbilt Brain Institute in 2008. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wallace. So tell us about this study with children with autism and what does it mean really for children? That's a very good question, Melanie. So what we think is it's been long known that children with autism struggle with issues that relate, relate to sensory processes. Um, and generally, you'll have stories of children who have problem in, um, in hearing, they'll have problems in vision, they'll have problems in touch, you know, very specific kinds of issues that they have. And um, as we started to sort of look at the literature, what we found is that there seemed to be a pattern that was beyond any individual sense, um, that the, the children seem to have problems that span multiple senses. So what we've done is basically we've designed a study to look at how do children bind together information from vision and from hearing. And what we found, much to our surprise, was that um, there was a profound difference in children who have autism versus those that we would consider typically developed. Wow. So is, is this transformative for understanding this disorder? Is this going to change the way? I've done so many shows on autism, Dr. Wallace, and you know, I hear some things. Is this going to change the way that you all look and then, more importantly, treat this disorder? We hope. I think the the, the principal thing about our study that I, makes it very unique and innovative is this idea of the merging of information across the senses. And what we believe is that when we think about processes like um, something simple like language, it's inherently dependent upon not just what you hear, but also what you see. If you think about an individual and watching their lips move, we know in a situation like a noisy cocktail party that being able to see the lips of a speaker um, really confer a significant advantage in your ability to really uh, comprehend the speech signal. So if children with autism truly have this disconnect in terms of the timing of the visual and auditory information, we believe it can have very profound differences for the ability that they do basic processes like language and communication and even social interactions. So can we be using this? Because obviously we know that early intervention is key to treatment and success in treatment. So in early intervention, when kids are developing these senses and their ability to process these these senses, what could you do for them based on your knowledge to help them integrate these senses? Excellent question, Melanie. And what we're hoping to do, again, it's very early in our um, in our study here, but our idea is we can actually train children to better bind together sights and sounds. And what we're developing in my laboratory as we speak are a series of what are, in essence, video games um, where a child is playing a game, um, basically something that they're very entertained with, but our, the, the background objective of the game is to get them to be better about the timing as it relates to visual and auditory information. And our idea is that if we can train them on these um, simple games to better integrate visual and auditory information, that may well cascade up into improvements in domains like social communication. Interesting. Video games can be both really helpful to children and also so, you know, disastrous for parents. But 
interesting that yeah. you're using video games. Is this holding their attention better? I mean, if it's something that really engages them? In the in preliminary studies in the lab, absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of evidence out there that, in fact, children with autism, in many ways, they communicate better with um, with computers and with these types of video games than they do um, with peers or parents. And so what we think is this may provide us with an important point of entree is that because they're fascinated by these games, because they'll actually um, spend an inordinate amount of time playing these games, we want to use this as a powerful tool. And the idea is to use um, a term that's been bandied around a lot, brain plasticity, but to really use these games to engage directed brain plasticity where we're training them to better integrate sights and sounds. That's fascinating, and sometimes you do hear that they relate to these games more than in social interactions. Do you think that this type of treatment might limit that ability to engage in the social interactions and some of the behavioral therapy that goes on? I hope not. I think it's it's a very good question, but our hope is that this can be an adjuvant to some of the behavioral therapies that are used. And the idea, again, is that if we can train um, the children to have better sensory systems, specifically in this domain of time, then what that will do is it will allow them to comprehend the signals of the people around them in a way that will make them relate better to others. Our idea is that the world may be very, very confusing for these children because what they see and what they hear may not be integrated in a way like it is in people like us. And so that lack of integration makes them turn within so that they basically no longer seek social engagement because it's extraordinarily confusing for them. And they're much more, um, they're much more comfortable in a more controlled setting like what they would get in a video game or sitting in front of a computer. Give us an example, Dr. Wallace, of the video game that, that can help sort of bind these senses together and give them a more audiovisual ability to, to integrate these things and maybe even help them in the outside world. Well, one of the examples of a, a simple game that we're using is, and we can distill it down to its essence, which are just there's, there's a series of flashes and beeps that are taking place on a computer monitor, um, the children are listening to the beeps, and their job is to decide um, who's a friend and who's an enemy based on the timing of the flashes and the beeps. And so people who are designated as friends have a certain temporal structure between the flashes and beeps. Those who are designated as enemies have a different temporal structure. And the idea is, is by using that type of a game, what we can do is we can tune their sensory systems to be better in terms of differentiating between very, very slight timing differences between the visual and auditory signals. That's so cool. Now, if children have this confusion of their senses and they're looking at these beeps, have you seen any evidence that it's going to, you know, make them withdraw a little bit or, or get them even more confused? Or do they seem to, to really be able to focus in on it? No, we've been really surprised and encouraged in our initial, you know, the pilot studies that are going on right now. These children are, um, they're, they're actually quite engaged in the game. They really want to come in and they want to play the game. In fact, in our preliminary evidence, what we're seeing is they're getting much, much better at the game. So our hope is that because we're in this process of training their brains and training their sensory systems, that this, and this is the holy grail for us, is will this translate this this improvement in the performance in the game, will this translate into benefits in areas like their language skills or areas like their social skills with their peers? 
I certainly hope it would. And, and Dr. Wallace, in just the last minute and a half, please wrap it up for parents listening to give them some hope for their children with autism about early intervention and some of these treatments that you're using and researching right now to combine these senses that can often get separated during an autism diagnosis. Well, we think, you know, again, we think it's an extraordinarily hopeful discovery and an extraordinarily hopeful time for parents and, and for children living with autism because this issue of sensory systems and sensory research, although known for a long time, as I alluded to earlier, um, really has been still quite a mystery in terms of trying to figure out the puzzle of autism. We think we've, we've hit on an important link in terms of understanding how important it is that the binding of sights and sounds take place within a specific period of time. And so a lot of what our training is designed to do is basically improve that temporal integration, using a big word, um, with, the, with the goal that we can really transfer this into things that are going to be meaningful for children with autism and for their parents. The children are going to get better in terms of their ability to comprehend speech signals. They'll listen to their parents more. They'll interact with their peers more. And again, our hope is that this will really cascade into a, um, a whole series of improvements in other cognitive domains which are considered to be sort of the core deficits in autism. That is really amazing things on the horizon for children with autism. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Radio MD. And if you missed any of the great information that we give here, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go to RadioMD.com. Thanks so much for listening and stay well.